Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's going to be some massive changes in the quarterback position in the NFL next year. How much is that going to be generated by the draft? Uh, that is the main focus of uh, what I want to ask my next guest, but we'll do a whole bunch of uh, draft things while we got him on the line. He is the uh, draft expert for the NFL Network.com, Pro Football Network.com. Tony Pauline joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Tony? I'm okay. I got excited. I thought my with NFL Network, my check was going to get a little bit bigger. But I, I enjoy working at Pro Football, Net, Pro Football Network. A lot of good people there. It's good to be back with you. A little slip of the tongue by yours truly. I apologize, but uh, we did want to get uh, the correct uh, spot out there for you so people can go look at ProFootballNetwork.com and check yours and others' updated mock drafts. You heard what I said about quarterback changes in the National Football League. I also said last hour that when you get closer to draft time, usually estimations of quarterbacks grow rather than diminish has that been your experience in following the draft, that the closer you get to a draft, quarterbacks' overall value seems to increase rather than decrease? I think it goes both ways. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, you know, you look at that one draft where Daniel Jones went much higher than anyone expected, and Dwayne Haskins, I think, went much lower than anyone expected. I, this is going to be a strange draft only because of the lack of combine, the lack of, uh, uh, you know, some guys, in the case of Trey Lance, played a single game this season. Scouts can't go to practice. Uh, so it's going to be a different year, especially with the quarterbacks, considering we've got five quarterbacks that are likely going to end up in the first round. Good. Then you agree with me that five is the number, and I do want to touch on those five. Since there isn't a combine this year, and it's the first time in a long time that's not the case, you are more, I won't say a slave to, but you're obligated and motivated by what a player did while on the field for his collegiate team. And it shouldn't just be what happened this past season. It should be if a player played several years, you should be able to judge all of those years. And I just uh, went back and looked at what Justin Fields did uh, in 2019 and what Zach Wilson did in 2019, and to say that uh, it was non-competitive would be a massive understatement. Fields threw for 40 touchdowns, whereas Wilson threw for 11. Fields only threw one pick, whereas uh, uh, Wilson threw seven. Yes, this year Zach Wilson had a better year, and his team played more games in uh, Utah. They didn't have as many COVID problems as other parts of the country, including where Ohio State was. Has Zach Wilson's one year put him in the position to be the number two pick in the draft? And has he earned that just because of one year? Yeah, no, I, well, I agree with you that you have to look at the entire body of work, not just one year, not just the, 
the year before they entered the draft. I think that you know you make an excellent point. When you're talking about quarterbacks, or especially quarterbacks, there are a lot more intangibles. Number one, the system fit. You know, who is the better fit for the system uh, when the team is selecting, especially when two quarterbacks are very close? Zach Wilson is more your timing passer, more your underneath guy, more someone that you're going to use for a tempo-type offense, where Justin Fields is more of your vertical passer. Now, here's the thing about Justin Fields, and it's a story that I actually broke in December when I said that teams were concerned that he wasn't processing information as fast on the field as Zach Wilson, why people thought Zach Wilson would be a better uh, quarterback in the NFL. When I broke at the Senior Bowl, a team I spoke with broke down all of, the, all of Justin Fields' passes from last year, and they said of the 250 passes that he threw, he only looked away from the primary receiver one time, and now I'm hearing reports out of Georgia that the reason, Zach, uh, the reason Justin Fields couldn't beat out Jake Fromm is the fact that while he was physically superior to Jake Fromm in every aspect, when it got to, point, when it got to the point of looking at the board, breaking down film, processing and diagnosing things, he was way behind Jake Fromm, and there was concern by the Georgia coaches. That is going to be a conversation piece. Moving and the narrative moving forward, mark my words. I agree with you, you have to look at the film. And it only takes one team. And I agree with you, you've got to look at the, at the body of work. But that is the situation that we're looking at right now with Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields. And I had heard that story about uh, Fields prior to, um, well, I don't know, prior to the season, but certainly in the season that that was the case. I did watch the Clemson game in which he just picked apart a a championship-type defense and threw to secondary and tertiary receivers throughout that entire game, including a couple of touchdown passes. So uh, I was watching with a guy who, uh, or texting at the time with a guy who was making that statement, Fields never gets past his first guy. Fields never gets past his first guy. He did it like nine or ten times in that game. So you mentioned that uh, an NFL scout had told you that he had only done it once uh, all year long. Did he mean just regular season, or did they include the impressive win over the Trevor Lawrence-led Tigers in the national semifinal? Well, it, it, was, it was a tremendous performance against Clemson. What they said was, they said that he only looked off his primary target seven times. Now, it could also be that his primary target, the Chris Olaves, uh, you know, people like that, were often open, and he didn't have to look past the primary target. But still, it, it, it's, it's a situation where... From different sources, this is something that's getting louder and louder and louder, not just looking away from the primary target, but the fact that he just does not process the information that quickly on the field. Does it mean that, you know, if you can maybe slim down the offense and you take advantage of his arm strength, because in my opinion, of the top quarterbacks, Justin Fields got the strongest arm. Uh, he got, this guy throws it 55, da- 55 yards down the field with speed and spin, and he puts it in the receiver's hands. But you may not be able to run as complex an offense as, say, the New York Jets want to run or the San Francisco 49ers want to run, where Zach Wilson would be able to handle that a lot sooner and a lot easier. There'd be less bumps in the road. All right, let me ask you about Zach Wilson. He had a, f- a phenomenal year last year. In 2019, Seven, uh, 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 
completed only 62% of his passes, a 105 quarterback ranking um, after this year. He jacks it up to 196.4. How does a quarterback go up 90 points in quarterback rating? Did they add better players? Did they have a uh, major change in their offense? Did he just uh, take the right uh, supplements? How the hell do you improve that much from your sophomore season to your junior season? Well, you know, uh, there, there are times, I mean, we, see, we go back to Kerry Collins, players like that where uh, quarterbacks make a major jump, make a major improvement, and that's one of the things, I'll go back to what you said. You know, you said you don't want to look at one year. I agree with you, and I, I said you look at the body of work, and when you look at that body of work, you want to see consistent improvement in a player's game, and I think that's, that's absolutely what we saw with Zach Wilson, and when you draft quarterbacks, you want to draft quarterbacks that are on the rise, quarterbacks that are coming off a good season, that they're coming off a, a season that was better than the previous one. So I, I don't think that a quarterback really showing great improvement in his game is all that unusual on the college game. Sometimes the light goes on. Sometimes it finally clicks. Sometimes guys are further away from injuries. I think that's all the, that's the situation with Zach Wilson. There is improvement, and then there's off-the-charts improvement that is very difficult to explain. Uh, we're talking to Tony Pauline from uh, the ProFootballNetwork.com. Don't want to say NFL again. Um, about the quarterbacks coming out in this draft. Uh, so we know Lawrence is going one. It looks like Wilson's going two. Fields is probably the third-ranked quarterback on the board. Um, Miami's got the third pick. There's a bunch of other teams in the first round in the top ten who have quarterback desires. Is he going to fall? Is is someone going to trade up to get him? If we're right in estimating the top two quarterbacks going one two, are they going to go one two three? Is somebody going to get the three and take the pick off the Dolphins' hands to get their hands on field? Any of any of that uh, combination could happen. I, I mean, you could have a team that wants to trade up and, be, and get in front of Atlanta, who may take a quarterback. I mean, is Philadelphia, if a good quarterback like a Justin Fields is staring them in the face, are they going to pass up a good quarterback? Obviously, Carolina at eight wants a quarterback. So, as we know time and time again, it only takes one team. I still think it's a little bit early. I mean, the draft is still basically more than two months away. And while we don't have the combine, we've got pro days, we've got interviews, we've got medicals. Um, but I, I, I feel reasonably certain to say that the top three quarterbacks will be off the board by the eighth pick of, of round one. Fair enough. And if uh, we're going to go five deep to four, most people have ranked Trey Lance, the kid from North Dakota State, one place I'm pretty sure he's not going to land is Philadelphia at number six because they just moved away from a North Dakota State quarterback. I don't think they're going to double down and go back there again. I know it should have nothing to do with it, but I'm sorry. There is just too big a tie that you're going to a smaller school program for the second consecutive time after you had to eat all that crow and all that salary on Carson Wentz. I, I know they're two different players, but I just don't believe they're going to trade Lance again. So there are 31 teams that may take him. The Eagles are the one that I don't believe will. Um, if he goes in the top 10, is he worthy of it after having played all of one exhibition game this year? In my opinion, no. In my opinion, Trey Lance has got the most risk of any of the top five quarterbacks because of the fact that he's only played one full season. It was on a one-double-A level 
it wasn't his fault because North Dakota State, as you said, only played one game this year, so you can't blame Trey Lance for that. But the fact is this. Look at the history of quarterbacks that started one year and entered the NFL draft. Dwayne Haskins, Mitch Trubisky. Let's go back to Mark Sanchez. History has not been kind to those players, especially guys who were thrown into the fire. So I think if there's a quarterback that could make a big drop-down draft boards and could go much later than people think, it's going to be Trey Lance because there's a real possibility from what I said at the beginning. You select Trey Lance, you may have to sit him for a year because it's not just the learning curve. It's the curve against the competition. It's the curve. It's the conditioning curve. It's the curve of attention to detail. And if you throw him into the fire too early, you may not only get a bad product, you may ruin the guy. So, uh, you know, I, I know people are talking about Trey Lance as a top ten pick. I just don't see it based on, number one, what we saw with Jordan Love last year. Number two, the history of quarterbacks who have entered the draft early after just one single starting season on the college level. All right, I got to follow up on that. Um, when you say what we saw with Jordan Love last year, what do you mean by that? But the, how many people before the draft were projecting Jordan Love as a potential top 12, top, uh, top 15 pick? He falls to the Green Bay Packers. At that point in time, the Packers figure the, the, uh, the reward is, is greater than the risk here. There's too much value in this selection. Let's, let's gra- draft Jordan Love, even though we've already got Aaron Rodgers, and we'll just sit him and we'll let him learn. And that's probably not only the best thing for the Packers, obviously, but it's also the best thing for Jordan Love. I, I see a similar situation with Trey Lance where he could fall and the team is going to take him and, and have him sit for a year. Physically very talented. I'm not gonna, I can't you know, knock the kid for, for his physical skills. Had a great year in 2019 at North Dakota State. But it was one year on a double, 1AA level, and now you're going to draft him in the top ten and expect him to take over a team in the NFL right away. Big risk there. Yeah, I had forgotten that some people projected Love to go borderline top 10. I didn't. I thought he was late first round, and uh, that's why I didn't quite understand the pick. Uh, the point that you're trying to make after you explained it, I did. So thanks for that. All right, the fifth quarterback, if we think five are going to go in the first round, it's got to be Mac Jones of Alabama. I'm a big fan. I thought he was going to win the Heisman Trophy, and even though I'm a huge Devonta Smith fan, I said last year I thought he should have come out in the draft, and I thought he should have been the first Alabama receiver taken ahead of Judy and Ruggs, but that was just me. So with him winning Heisman, I'm not going to complain because I've been on his bandwagon for two years now, but between you and I, I thought a quarterback should have gotten it, and I thought it should have been Mac Jones. I get it. He's not the new era quarterback coming out of college football, who not only can throw the football, but also pull it down, take off, and run for 25 yards. That's not Mac Jones. But nor is Tom Brady, and all he does is keep winning Super Bowls. I'm a fan. I think he's going to be a very good starting quarterback in this league. Give me your scouting report on Mac Jones. Going up to uh, up until the Senior Bowl week, I was a little bit skeptical of Mac Jones. I liked him as a college quarterback. I liked him as a leader but I saw all the talent around him at Alabama, and I said, you know, is this guy a byproduct of the, all this talent around him? Senior Bowl week was almost like a seamless transition from the national title game. And really for three days of practice at the Senior Bowl, it was like the guys he was throwing to at Senior Bowl practice were the players who stepped off the field at the national title game. He never missed a beat with those guys. And I'm not just talking about accurate passes. I'm talking about 
hitting receivers in stride, having the ball there as they left their breaks. You know, as people like to say, throwing receivers free. I yep. saw Mac Jones do that with receivers that were just co- literally complete strangers to him, guys that he had just met, guys that he had never practiced to. I saw the leadership, and, and I saw the basically the way he controls the situation. And I immediately went from a Mac Jones skeptic to somebody who I said, wow, you know, it, it's not just the talent around him. This guy was, as Daryl Strawberry once said, the straw that stirs the drink. He was the <laughs> one that poured it all together. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. He's not that RPO quarterback. He's not the guy, you know, uh, who, who the Trey Lance or the Justin Fields or even the Zach Wilson that you're going to use in and out of the pocket, take off on, on design quarterback runs. But all the guy does is win. And, and I can tell you this, you can make the argument. In fact, I, I'll say this uh, right outright. After Trevor Lawrence, I feel that Mac Jones is the most NFL-ready quarterback of the top five. He may not have the upside of the Justin Fields or the Trey Lances, but I don't think he comes with that same downside risk. And I think, early on anyway, there's going to be fewer bumps in the road with Mac Jones under, under center on Sunday than uh, some of the other top, uh, top five quarterbacks. That I certainly agree with. We're talking to Tony Pauline here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, wide receiver position. Two guys are, at least in my estimation, Head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, Devonta Smith wins the Heisman. I already told you how big a fan I was. Uh, I have to respect Jamar Chase, even though he decided to opt out this year. Uh, a buddy of mine told me that in talking to all of the SEC cornerbacks last year that went on to the NFL, made in the draft, asked them, who is the toughest receiver you uh, had to cover all year? With all those great guys at Alabama, every single one of them said Jamar Chase at LSU. So we know what kind of a physical talent he is. Uh, those two are the top two. What order do you have them in? And then if you've got Waddle from Alabama at number three, how big a drop-off is there between two and three? A significant drop-off. I mean, Waddle is, is nowhere near as polished as Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. I'll go back to my argument with, with Mac Jones being the most NFL-ready. I actually think that Rondell Moore of Purdue, who doesn't have the height, who a lot of people are going to be turned off by because he's not the tallest guy in the world, I think he's more of a polished receiver than Jalen Waddell, and he is as big a downfield threat. He has that same home run hitting speed. And unlike Jalen Waddell, he was the only guy at Purdue, and teams knew the ball was going to him, and they couldn't stop Rondell Moore. So I've got Waddell closely followed by Rondell Moore, and then Rashad Bateman, the bigger, sneaky, fast receiver uh, out of Minnesota. Very good. Uh, who goes first, Chase or uh, Smith at beauty in the eye to Holder, and it may come down to system and fit. I think they're both stars in the making. Who comes off the board first? I've always had Jamar Chase as my number one rated quarterback. In fact, Jamar Chase is my number two rated prospect in this draft after Trevor Lawrence. That's how much I love the guy. I think he's a sensational receiver. And the one thing we know about LSU receivers, they're usually much better in the NFL than they were on the college level, and they're darn good on the college level. Yeah, example, Mr. Jefferson this year in Minnesota, to make your point. Um, I, I got this question earlier in the show, and I promised I would ask it of you as a Ravens fan who said, uh, if we're going to be able to compete with the Chiefs, we got to do what Tampa did. we got to be able to get after the quarterback. How good or weak is this draft for 
pass rushers, be they 4-3 defensive ends or 3-4 outside linebackers. How good a draft is this for guys who can make their living coming off the edge? I think it's good if you're a Ravens fan. And the reason I say that is because the top talent, as far as pass rushers are concerned in this year's draft, at the edge rush position, Ronnie Perkins of Oklahoma, Gregory Rousseau of Miami, Florida, Quiddy Pay of Michigan, Jalen Phillips of Miami, Florida, they're more bottom half of round one type of guys. So I don't foresee a run on the pass rushers in the middle of round one. Rather, I see because of their talent level and because of the way they grade out, the Ravens could have their pick of a litter of a bunch of very good pass rushers or potentially very good pass rushers. They're just not elite prospects in this year's draft. That's good news, right, for uh, someone who's drafting down in the 20s. You may still get one of the best two or three pass rushers uh, coming out this year. Um, what do you consider the linebacker from uh, Penn State, who is probably going to be a top-10 pick, um, another guy who d- chose not to play this year, Sewell's going to go top-10, certainly Chase is going to go top-10, uh, uh, LB from uh, Penn State is going to go there. What are his strengths is he purely a uh, linebacker's linebacker, or is he a guy who can get after the quarterback a little bit? Number one, he's a, he's a tremendous athlete. He's got great speed in both the straight line and laterally. He's one of those guys that get from point A to point B in a nick of time. He flashes on the scene. He's also got, I am expecting, decent size. I mean, a lot of these smaller linebackers we've seen, 6'1", 225 pounds. I would expect Parsons, when he weighs in on his pro day, to go about 6'2", 240 pounds. So he's got decent size. My concern with Parsons is his instincts need a bit of polish. He really needs to up the game between his ears because when you watched him last year, he, even the year before, he makes plays based on his athleticism and sheer speed because he's able to make up for reacting late. He's so fast. That's why I thought it was a mistake for him to opt out. I do have him as a top-ten player. He's ranked number eight on my board. I think he could slide a little bit because there's going to be some concern about the instincts. Uh, he has to get in, in with the right coach. He's got to be able to really absorb things mentally because the physical skills, as far as Parsons are concerned, are off the charts. Tony, you did us a favor by coming on and joining us tonight and giving us good insight. I'm going to do you a favor and remind you to go back and watch the Clemson-Ohio State game again for your uh, Justin Fields doubter who says he doesn't look to his secondary and his third relie- uh, receivers enough. Watch how many times he did it in that tremendous win. He did it more than Trevor Lawrence did. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and then go back to that guy and go, did, did you miss that uh, Clemson game for, Lawrence, for Fields when you say he doesn't look down the field enough? I think it's uh, a massive overstatement, and I think whoever passes on him after number two going there, there forward, uh, will pay a price at some point over the next decade. Uh, I guess you can tell I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Tony Pauline's, too. Tony, thank you much for coming on my show. Appreciate it. I'll get you on uh, again plenty between now and the draft. Sounds good, Jody Mac. Have a nice evening. Tony Pauline, uh, ProFootballNetwork.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.